Game begin. Hey, Dagum Nerds fans, welcome to another episode. And tonight, Daniel and I are going to be talking about a show that I am so pumped to talk about Andor. Depends on how tightly you grip your fists and how many planets will slip through your fingers. Oh, all right, guys. I, Daniel and I, it is midway through, well, uh, slightly midway, a little over midway. So it, at the time of this recording, we are seven episodes into this 12-episode epic. And Daniel, I'm going to start by saying this. I, I think I like this show better than Mandalorian. Fight me. Fight me. I mean, but, you know, that's, that's. Listen. I can give that to you because it's like on our previous episode talking about Rings of Power. You know, I I already made bad Book of Back to Tank references, so. (laughs) Yeah, and, and maybe it's that. You know, I'm I'm still I'm still recovering from just what a disappointment Book of Boba Fett was, and mm-hmm. uh, you know even the Mandalorian season uh, 2.5 wasn't able to pull it out of the 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 Sarlacc pit for me. But what I love about this show, it, there are so many facets of why I like this show. The writing, I cannot give more accolades to the writing. What I love is they treat you as an audience, as intelligent, because they don't explain anything. You better keep up and try to keep like keep up and just in, keep track of the verbal sparring that is happening in a majority of these scenes. I think the set designs are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think even though it is an incredibly slow burn, I which, which I will say. I, I know the Kevin Werns of the world out there probably hate it because the show is slow and I readily acknowledge that, but it makes good on its promises. Like when it is building up to a tension point, it is glorious action that you get when it reaches that point. So in episode six, I think episode six of Andor is the best episode of Star Wars television ever. As far as the dialogue, the action, the acting, and, and, and the acting as well. Stellan St- score cigar owns the camera anytime he's on. I yes. think, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm just blanking on his name, but the guy who plays Andor. Um, Diego? Yes. He's owning it. And all of this, I feel like, will just make a rewatching of Rogue One all the more rich. Like to me, this seems like a backstory that's worth showing. Like it doesn't just feel like, ah, eh, we needed to make an extra show, so we're coming up with crap. Like it, I feel like it's adding new depth and layers to a character who is already complex, but now we're getting to see all right, what brought him to that point and how does a rebellion start in the face of a totalitarian regime? Like, well, and really, I don't think that really starts to hit or really connect until the end of episode seven. So, yes, mm-hmm. it's a really slow burn. Like, this is my challenge. I watched the first episode. I was like, okay, I don't feel like I need to watch the second episode. I didn't mm-hmm. have the hook to take me. And that's what I was missing. And that's my challenge to where it's just like, I'm bought in and ready to go. 
but now I am at a level having having seen his Andor's uh, backstory and seeing how Cassian kind of went from where he started off to where he was, um, and that being with on Ferrix and how he got to Ferrix and yep. why would he be doing the stuff that he's doing on Ferrix? Okay, once I had to get through that um, that exposition, then I was like, okay. And then we get into, and like my biggest buy-in isn't so much the rebel part of it. The ISB stuff oh, is what has ISB me like. stuff is so good. Uh, yes. And, and what I will say is, is that it's very shining for Star Wars is that we don't have Jedi. We don't have mm -hmm. Sith. I mean, mm -hmm. the Emperor no has been mentioned. At all. There's no four use, force users. No, there's nothing like that. So there is a, it's very much more relatable as in, I don't have special force powers. I don't have a laser sword. I don't have anything like this. You know, it's just like, it's like at best you have blasters and you've got your mind. And that is the connection. Now we're getting into the spy movie and yes. the spy thriller aspects of things with the fun political intrigue. I like what they're doing with Mon Motha and things that were set up. Yes. Um, you know, and how, how she's building these connections. And then even how she had that connection with her banker friend um, from uh, her home planet. That, that scene, her acting. And to me, it reminded me of like the, the best parts of Downton Abbey, which, mm -hmm. I mean, I know a lot of that show is just, you know, if you're an Anglophile, then, you know, that's kind of like your, your guilty pleasure. But to me, the best moments of Downton Abbey is when you could have an entire scene that felt like a boxing match and it was people just talking at a dinner party. Mm -hmm. But the amount of tension in that scene with just people talking at a dinner party was amazing, which, took, now, which takes great writing backed by great acting. Right. And, and that's where, for me, at a minimum, it's on par with The Mandalorian. There, there's certain there's certain aspects of it. I'm not ready to say that it is better than The Mandalorian, but I am like it's right there in in what's going on with the political intrigue, the the background. How um, I'm I'm looking at the the character names. So Luthen, who is the oh, antiques okay. trader, so that that would be Stellan's character. You know how he is. I mean. There, there's this this interesting thing to see how it is being started and how it's being pushed and how we have these forces that of good intentions there's these forces of good intentions where somebody's they're they're not all on one team yet you know how right. we see like like if we reference rebels you have all the individual pockets right mm -hmm. well now who's pulling the strings and who is doing things to start like okay, we've got to push them a little bit because it it is the the uh, it is the boiling a hot frog, um, boiling mm -hmm. a frog in hot water aspect right. of things. Of it's not going to jump out, and then by the time it's too late, it's like no, we've got to do something. We know what they're doing. We can see it. The writing's on the wall. We've got to push them, you know. And he's like, mm -hmm. okay, here's the push. Here's the little pin drop. Here's the little prick that's just one too many yeah, that we well, get to and see. And, and what I like about his character too, and I mean, you mentioned this, is like, even though he is working with Mon, they are not on the same page about how they need to be going about this, which which has those overtones of Saw Gerrera in Rogue One, which is 
all right, you are rebel in turn, but you are not fighting the same ideological war as the rebel alliance. And so right. it will be interesting to see, because I mean, obviously Luthen is not in the events of Rogue One. So, you know, will he survive this show or will he go down in some sort of blaze of glory in the midst of this one? Now, what I'm trying to remember is this, is this supposed to be like an ongoing series for like a couple of seasons? So season two has already been greenlit. Okay. So we know that we're going to have this season in the second. Um, okay. I don't think there's any plans beyond that, which I'm glad because I mean, the, there is a hard cutoff point for Andor's story, obviously. Right. <laughs> um, Cassian has spoiler a pretty alert. hard, yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. There's a pretty definitive ending to Cassian. It's a rather explosive um, moment. Ah, I see what you did there. Um, uh, let's just say that this star has a death. Um, but uh, I, I like how you know you're rooting for the, quote, good guy side. But just like how Cassian is betrayed in Rogue One, there's a lot of gray area in which they operate. And this show revels yes. in exploring that gray area um, yes. without ever completely having you check your conscience at the door. Like we are far from breaking bad. Um, like whenever Cassian makes a, a gray area or, you know, a, a less than optimal decision, it's always like 51% the right decision. Um so it's, it's the not, right decision, but you know, if you were playing Kotor, you know, you got some dark side. Yeah, oh yeah, there, one. yeah. There's a little bit of dark side points. You aren't full on Paragon, or uh, I forget what the it was Paragon and something when you played Mass Effect. I forget what the the uh, bad side was called, but yeah, it, it's definitely a mixture of light side and dark side. Um, but yes, the ISB, the set design for that main conference room, I absolutely can't get enough of. And oh, the lines like to me, I was sold on ISB during his first like daily protocol. And was like, can someone recite what our purpose is? And, you know, you know, she recites like word for word. And she's like, yes, that is word for word from our handbook and absolutely wrong. <laughs> we are healthcare. We eliminate germs like that speech. I only listened to it once and it still sticks with me. And to me, that just underscores how good the writing is in this show. Like there's these little one-liners that like, it, it's like mental candy because like your brain turns it over several different ways and goes, ooh, ooh, that was such a good line. Like another one that stood out to me was when um, uh, Luthen's character first confronts Cassian, which, you know, they think it's a trade for that deal. But then he reveals like, listen, it was never about that, that, tech box thing i'm here for you and you know he's reaching into his pocket and cassian's like looking at him and he's like do you really want to die being careful like you know lines like that or when the um the the black lieutenant in episode six that one guy was like you're gonna hang for this and then he's like after seven years of serving under you i deserve worse like Oh, just the 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 one liner, the back and forth, the repartee is so good in this show. Like, I just want to give a hug to the writers because I feel like that's something that Star Wars has missed for so long. Like, don't get me wrong, Mandalorian is still a great show, but I think what makes the Mandalorian a great show is the characters 
and the story, not necessarily the dialogue. Like it, it, it's adequate, like, you know, it's good. It serves its purpose, but you know, so much of what makes that character is the, the non-verbals, right. You know, half mm-hmm. of Mando is what, what he's not saying. Whereas in this show, it's the dialogue particularly that really helps drive the tension um, and, and your interest. Yeah. Well, and they're, and they're totally different. Like, like the narrative styles are totally different, right? Oh yeah. So Andor, Andor is the spy thriller. Yeah. I mean, it's the Ocean's Eleven, the Star Wars, right? Where, where, well, so far, you know, because they, they did, they did steal a little bit of money, but um but then mando is the the ronin lone wolf samurai mm-hmm. western right mm-hmm. so they're i mean it's just like I, I would say that for what they're serving they are kind of pinnacle peak examples of what this is this is good this is like hey you want to take a writer's class come watch andor mm-hmm. and see what they're doing within that theme you know but then I think the I think it's also got a mirror and match with what is being accomplished, you know, because Andor is somebody who has to kill people on his own side. You know, he mm-hmm. did that in Rogue One. He's already yeah. done that here in Andor. Where, but it's 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 all within like, but it, it's one of those things of we can't have the loose ends because of what the mission is and what's at stake, you know. And that's where it's like, yep, you get your dark points, but it's 51% the right thing to do to make sure that we get to the end goal. Mm-hmm. Well, so. but but to me, it, it keeps you guessing and to me makes for fantastic television because you you, you don't know what's going to happen next. And you're going like, where is this going? Um, and, and I will absolutely grant you that episode one does not have a traditional hook. For me, though, the hook in episode one was that it was very clear from episode one that this was a completely different flavor of Star Wars that we were getting. Yes. So like to me, the hook had nothing to do with the plot or the narrative. The the hook was the flavor. And I was like, I want more of this. What you're serving, I want more of. It's got a flavor more towards, and I I haven't finished the trilogy, but I did read the first, the, the first new Thrawn book. Okay. Yeah. So, so I did read through that. I haven't finished the whole trilogy, but that one was much more intellectual. The, the people interactions, the, the relationship management um, Mm -hmm. and manipulation of how do I get where I'm going to go? Um, Because it's like, I mean, Thrawn was setting things up while he was, you know, he's, he's granted the title and how does he use those things? You know, he's granted the rank, but he's still in training. And how does he manipulate that to get where he needs to, to where even at like the end of the story, now he's got those people back and now they're tools for him where they were trying to put him down. He's like, yeah, now I'm, you know. I'm getting my own star destroyer, you mm-hmm. know, to go do this stuff. And you're, this is what you're going to do. And he's earned the respect through the ranks, yes. you know? So I'm, I'm seeing the same kind of thing of what, what is being built where um, I'm trying to look for the, I don't remember what her name was, but the ISB um, officer who was told, mm-hmm. watch your back. Oh, you know, you know, oh, it's just that like, whole it's scene. Like, of like, just the reversal of where like she's being painted as being insubordinate, but then she shows that she's actually finding stuff worth noting. And, oh man, that scene was so well written. 
yes. And it's just like, well, I know where that storyline's going to go because those two are going to be fighting, you know, mm-hmm. and if not, you know, I'm expecting a hit attempt. That's that's like like within the next I'm I'm expecting there to be some sort of attempt on her life. Oh, absolutely. By the end of the, by the end of the season. Um but then she's going to get through it. She's going to find that person. The person who was going to have the failed attempt is going to be humiliated and duly punished. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, we'll just, you know, you can use your imagination on what's going to happen there. Um I I'm not the only thing now is, is that with where we're at with Cassian, you know, I, the, we, we've seen the, the robot, the, the, the droids, sorry. Yeah. The K2, you know, yeah. The K2SO <laughs> precursor, not robots, droids. Yes. Um, we, we've seen the droids, the one that he's going to befriend, um, and kind of then have that influence. And I think, I think we'll see that by the end of the season, which mm-hmm. is something where it's like, okay, we've gotten up to this point seeing um i know with the action within the episode of the eye and all that setup and that payoff oh the payoff in the eye was just like not only was the action good and i appreciated that you know what people die and they mm -hmm. stay dead like there are actual consequences to taking risk like i was so thrilled like i know as awful as it seems i was like this hurts and i like it like yeah like i it means something because now it makes what they did all the more significant. Um, right. and, I mean, and, they and, made it out by the skin of their teeth. And we had episodes four and five to build up the, well, it's like, I like this character. Mm-hmm. Well, this character, like, it's just like, you could see where it's just like, you, you can almost see like the mark of death on them. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to make it, you're going to make it. Well, you're out, you're out, but I'm still invested in you because of what part of the story that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see, I wouldn't mind seeing something somewhere where Andor is reading um, the manifesto, the, the manifesto, and seeing that. Um, one of the theories that kind of in in um, watching other things and hearing what other people's opinions have been is that manifesto is kind of how he programs the K two droid, hmm. and and some of those things. You know, the 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 cut was you know the climb climb. They both have they both say the same thing. Um, the K two unit says that in um in rogue one i don't remember the specific scene but i just huh. know that there's oh, a well, it's when he dies i mean right. it's it's the, the, those are the last words that he he tells them because he knows they can't escape at, back out to the archive and so you know he, he closes the door locks it and then he's like climb climb right. yeah and then we've got the kid with with the uh, the navigational unit saying climb so i think there's a connection that we're going to see happen between the hmm. k2 unit and that and that cassian kind of bridges that as he adopts that um rebellion manifesto interesting that's a really neat theory and and, and honestly i didn't even catch that when he was saying climb because i was just i was so invested in that moment of like like the tie fighters are on their tail this guy is like half dead with a med spike stabbed into him. Like, mm-hmm. how are they going to get out of this? Or like, who else is going to die? Cause like when those crates, like what, like you feel like, Oh, they made it all oh, crap. He just got smashed by a crate. Like it's that kind of just out of nowhere things that I feel like do happen in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, Crushed by the money. Yeah. The, the very thing you were trying to steal, um, which I mean, for a guy who's basically trying to be a, 
uh, you know, we are the 99%. It's ir- ironic that he was crushed by the 1%. But, <laughs> um, but uh, art imitating life. Yeah, right. Um, but I, right now, my biggest question is the, uh, the security officer character who just took the role in the, the Bureau of Standards. Oh, yep, my Cyril. God. Yeah, what what a soul sucking environment! Like so well done in in crafting that art direction wise. I don't know what his play is. Like I I almost felt like his storyline should be done. Now I'm glad it's not because the verbal sparring between him and his mother is amazing. Um, but I I still don't know where that storyline is going. Like what's his play? What what do you have a theory? Well, my theory is that. He's going to spot something in the mundane that ends up being extremely valuable intel, which allows him to get back on track, perhaps even into the ISB as like a dream job for him. So even though we know it's kind of an anti-redemption as far as which side he's joining, it is redemption for him as far as reclaiming what he's lost. Um which is in his mind, maintaining order and upholding justice. Um, right. So I don't know. I feel like maybe he'll find something in the fuel purity logs on like, Hey, something's being sabotaged. And then that Intel somehow catapults him into ISB circles. Who knows? Um, and, and maybe, it's, and maybe it's just one of those, um, Cause I can't quite tell, like, is he on Coruscant or some other like no name planet? Coruscant. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, so All it might shots. be that just, just out of, you know, like, like typical star Wars serendipity, it's a giant universe, but yet the same people seem to bump into each other a lot. It could well, just it, be that he ends up being at, you know, the right place at the right time. Something like, like what if see he, that. what if he inadvertently foils the hit on that, female isb agent yeah and therefore i found her name deidre that's right such a good name um and then she he becomes like her assistant because he was just in the right place at the right time Um, right who knows yeah i've got my two working theories as one is that he gets connected to isb like you're saying but then i think there's also a second part that actually more plays off of his belittling um from his mom you know that here, he, you know he got the imperial job because because of his because mom, of his uncle, yeah, because yeah, because of the family connections. But it's his mom calling the uncle, making those connections, seeing those things, and he's gonna see things, and I think he's gonna see something where it's like that plays on his order and justice, and he's gonna see the inner workings of the empire and see what they're doing, and actually be driven more towards the the rebellion. Oh really? I I, I think huh. I so I think those are the two possible ways. He's either gonna do something that's gonna drive him to the rebellion, and find something in the internal workings that he finds the injustice and wants to fight it that way, or he's gonna go that ISB route. Those 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 are the two paths that I think that are in front of him. Well, see, in in any good story, you've got rhyme and echo, or or reverse. So for me, you've got Andor who starts out as anti-rebellion and then his character development is that you end up seeing that he then 
joins in with this vision that he was initially kicking at the ox goads against. Whereas I see Cyril's character, he is the converse or, or excuse me, the inverse to where he starts out as a likable kind of innocent, naive character, because for him, he was never likable. (laughs) Well, I, I think, well, I think he was likable in that he was so naive like, like it's one of those like, wow, this guy is so green behind the ears. Like you almost like you almost feel sorry for him. But I feel like his character progression is going to be the inverse to Cassian to where he starts out innocent and naive. Then because of his experience, he now never wants to be caught with his pants down again. And so he doubles down and becomes like a hardened, uh, you know, ISB agent. So maybe he is like the reverse or, you know, again, the inverse redemption story. Um, Well, and, and I think the, the art that kind of carries is, is that they're, they're basically um, like villain hero, right? mm -hmm. Uh, The Moriarty to Sherlock Holmes, you know, so following that line, it's, it is much more likely that he's going to go the ISB route and get connected that way. I think that's the, the line that's being planted, you know? So I think that is like, I'd say it's like, 80 20 i don't know why that ratio is just good with me today but 80 20 is you know 80 percent of the chances that he is going to go he's he's going to become full imperial i mean i looked at him when he was on um was it pre uh the premore on morlana mm-hmm. and um you know i was like he's got imperial written all over him because of oh his yeah uniform build his, uniform his, all his uniform is tailored and it's tight and everything like that so i mean i definitely see him going isb that's written all over him but then that is the he goes so far he gets so in depth and then there's something that you know like somebody is going to abuse him or take advantage of him where he's like I can bring this whole thing down. He's going to, he's going to be, you know, office space, you know, it's just like, I could burn the building down. You know, they took my red stapler. Well, well, I mean, I, I could see him ultimately arriving at a disillusioned spot and end up helping through sabotage. Right. Um, but I feel like his route will lead through ISB. Mm-hmm. What is it? There's, there's another character and I'm, I'm, I've got them put together. Um, uh, Yulf, Wolf Yularen is somehow connected. He's one of the ISB officers in, in the, in the, in Andor. I'm trying to like validate that. Um, is just, he, is he the one that is antagonistic to Deidre? No, okay. that's a different one. I want I got to use the power of find. Yulf Wolverine. Is that, is that the, the head guy? So, so no. So Wolf Eulerin, we know him from Clone Wars. He is the Admiral serving Anakin Skywalker. Oh, okay. And so Malcolm Sinclair is the actor and he does appear as Colonel Wolf Eulerin. So he is noted as, as appearing. I don't know if he's going to become a bigger character, but um, he was in that, that meeting. That, that happened there in episode seven. So I have to wonder if there's going to be some sort of disillusionment thing that happens like, like, you know, with him being a, um, a mole that starts to help the rebellion huh. that plays off like that kind of plays off like the theory that 
the the old guy in Return of the Jedi on on Endor is actually Captain Rex. So I have to wonder if there's going to be anything that happens that as we see the rebellion being built and the, all these little cogs and wheels moving, who's going to turn? Who's going to change? Because um, I'm also thinking of the ISB agent that was in Rebels that was, um, I can't remember his name. I'd have to kind of go look that one up um, as well. The Rebels, what's his name? ISB agent. Come on. Huh. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking here, and like, Callus. Yeah, that, that's his name, Callus. Yeah, Callus. Yeah, uh, Agent Callus. <laughs> yeah. So, so what kind of pieces move? You know, and I could see, you know, I could see, you know, Cyril becoming Agent Cyril and becoming an ISB operative. But then, like you said, he could become disillusioned based on the abuse that is done around him, and he's like, no, I'm going to stand up for myself. Hmm. And and then do what is actually right, but that's yet to be seen. Well, I again, where where I currently stand, I think this is the best Star Wars television we have received. Um, you know, time will tell if if the the balance remains that way. Because I mean, if this crashes and burns in the latter half of the season, then you know, perhaps Mandalorian season two will will still be my my favorite show. But for now. Uh, I guess as a filmmaker myself, I appreciate the 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 scripting, the acting. Like there's so much technical excellence that's pulled off that while granted, it is not the most scintillating Star Wars story out there. I think this one is a much more matured and sophisticated Star Wars. And like you said, it also is just a different genre. Like I would say, you know, this is the apex of Star Wars storytelling with political intrigue. Whereas, yeah, Mandalorian is much more your traditional Star Wars Western space opera. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, with the the samurai Ronin influence. So anyway, I'm super excited to see where the show goes. Yeah. I could My... talk much more on this, but I, I kind of want to save it for our uh, our like season finale. Yeah. Uh, rap. And My, uh, we got to get Aaron one... on this because I know Aaron also has lots of thoughts on Andor. Yeah, but my one special surprise was seeing Ben Miles. I haven't seen him on TV in a long time because uh, when, when I was younger, I watched the the BBC show Coupling, which is like um, a mature friends, but it's it's set in England and he's one of the characters in that show. And I was like, I know that face. So then I'm hopping onto the, onto the, the interwebs to find out, it's like, who is that guy? It's like, I know that guy. And it's like, yes, that's him. And, <laughs> you know, just to see that banter. So he's the banker. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And well, Meredith just called like, him out. Well, one of my wife's superpowers is being able to cross-reference actors, no matter yeah. how small. And she was like, that guy's from the crown. And I was like, what? And yeah, sure enough, he's like a, a, a fair love interest of princess Margaret in I think it's like season two of the crown. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, I know he's been in, in a lot of other things. Yeah. So just, just I'm, I'm there's part and there, I will say that having, being able to have the conversation is that, and I still kind of agree with that, that for me, it's on par it's Mando and Andor are at the same level. So the Mandalorian, okay. I'd say that they're at the same level and then being able to talk about it. That's helped. I need more of this. Yes. Well, I, I could talk 
much, 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 much more, but tomorrow is a work day for me. So uh, I will have to throw this into uh, the, the Death Star reactor and uh, we'll, we'll blow it up for now yep. before the and Death Star blows us up. Somehow the episodes returned. <laughs> somehow. We don't know how. It was dark side magic. <laughs> um, but yep. uh, Daniel, pleasure talking with you. If yep. you are listening to this and you have not watched Andor, well, first off, you've had so much of it spoiled, so I'm sorry. Sorry. But second, go uh, out and watch it. It'll be worth your time. And then um, if you want, hop on Discord. We can talk about it. Yes, let's swap theories. Because, uh, I mean, I, there's 12 episodes as well. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that this is kind of breaking the rhythm of just like eight or, you know, 10 episode TV series. Like, we're getting 12. And uh, I, I think so far... You know, again, I, I fully acknowledge that episode one is not the, the traditional hook that you should have in a TV show. I do think that it's well paced and they are very comfortable taking their time. But uh, anyway, I go on much longer. We will catch you later. Dagum nerds and may the force be with you. Game over.